Welcome to Comedians Talking Baseball, our weekly MLB recap podcast with myself and comedian Mike Bridenstine. I'm comedian Joe Kilgallen. Talk about the week that was in Major League Baseball, nerd on some stats, get into the history of the game, and just try to make you, the listener, love baseball just as much as us, the talkers. Brido, how you doing? I'm great. World Series starts today. Hell yeah, it does, man. I'm pumped up for it. Um, I, I, as I was given the intro, I realized I said weekly. We haven't really been weekly. We've kind of just decided to do the podcast to preview the next series instead of just kind of checking in on you during things, you know, it's kind of gives us more to talk about more historical perspective, which I know we're both a big fan of. Yeah. And if you, if you haven't listened before, just know Joe and I have been a hundred percent right about the playoffs so far. <laughs> well, we were right about, um, we haven't been right about like our prediction on how many games each series would go, but didn't we have the Red Sox Dodgers? I, I'm pretty sure I did. I, I think that we said, Dodgers in seven, Red Sox in five. We said everything has been right so far in our predictions. Yeah, we're geniuses. So, Don't go back and listen to find out if we're wrong. That's why we both spend a lot of time placing bets and are very wealthy. Oh, I'm, I'm rich as hell, dude. I, um... This might as well be called Talking Baseball with Biff Tannen and his fucking almanac, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, dude. I mean, Biff Tannen still shopped at Aldi grocery store right <laughs> still an aldi shop is aldi nationwide everybody is that something that if i make an aldi reference i know i saw some aldis in california for those of you who don't know listening across america aldi is kind of like a grocery store for it's first of all it's great product it's just cheap you know what i mean it's uh, the guy who um two brothers started aldi and trader joe's fun fact for you I didn't know that. Yeah, Trader Joe's is just, it's the same stuff as Aldi. They just, yeah, if you look it up, it's just. Um, it's the same stuff? It. It's pretty much the same stuff, yeah. They got cookie butter at Aldi? Yeah, man. Dude, Aldi stepped up its game big time, dude. I don't know if you got any Aldi by you, but Aldi is the bomb. Oh, real quick, before we really get into it, though, we got to give a shout out to one of our most faithful and loyal listeners, a good friend of yours who has become a good buddy of mine, I feel like. I feel like I could say that. Uh, good old Dylan got engaged. Dylan got engaged. I saw that on Facebook, but an hour or two ago. Oh my God. I didn't know. I haven't, I haven't checked. Congrats, Dylan. Yes. Him and his lovely fiance. We wish you the best. She's great. I met his, I met his lady at some shows, but uh, we were all very drunk. So I don't know what everyone's really like. They're, um, they're, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I haven't, I don't think I've met either of them sober either, but yeah, they're a fun couple. And I bet, uh, I bet they're going to have decades of happiness in front of them. So, we here comedians talking baseball wish you nothing but the best. And you know what? If you want to um, give us the address, we'll send you a pack of baseball cards or something. I don't know. I do have. Uh, oh my god! Tell boxes. them what. Yeah, they, forget this. Tell I, them uh, what everyone, you got. I uh, I'll I'll share the picture on our Instagram page actually because I sent you guys the, uh, a video of it too. I actually sold one of the boxes. Really? Yeah, because it was an easy little flip there. Um, these are. I got a buddy who's a diehard baseball collector. And he told me the three boxes I got are baseball nice card, baseball card collector. He's not so much a card collector, but a memorabilia guy in general. But he ah. knows the shit about baseball cards, and and he's like, a, so I hit him up to ask him about it. I got a unopened box of 1990 Don Russ. Um, all three boxes I got three. I got Don Russ 1990. I got a Bauman 89, which I think was is the crown jewel of the three. And then the third one was a Flair 1990. And all three of them I got for ten bucks, dude. I got that. Uh, that Bowman's gonna have some Griffey rookies. Yes, the Bowman is the one that I'm probably gonna keep for my own personal thing. Uh, and the Don Russ, I think I'll keep too. I like the idea of. Uh, um, I got plans for merch in the future, 
And I like the idea of throwing in a bonus pack of baseball cards in there just to kind of brighten up the person's day. Oh, that's great. And they literally cost me nothing. I mean, three boxes for 36 unopened packs in each. So I'm, I'm at like over 100 packs of unopened baseball cards here. Uh, the flare I sold because I was curious um, what I could get. And, you know, it cost me three bucks. I sold it for 20. So I was like, you know, whatever. And if I wanted to, I could go back on eBay and buy them first. You could buy these unopened boxes of cards on eBay for like 10 bucks. Um, but no, they're not worth it. These are, this is called like the, they called it, he said it was referred to as like a junk era because everything was overproduced and um, <coughs> so out there that so, the cards were rare. In 1989, Upper Deck comes out with their set and it's got a hologram. Nobody had had a hologram before. So all the, the baseline companies like Topps, Bowman, Fleer, Don Russ start doing specialty packs like uh, Topps Stadium Club and bullshit like that. And it got the market got so oversaturated that kids like me who grew up thinking that their like 85 Topps traded Maguire USA card was going to like it was like Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was like it was like we we're all going to be retired by now living like all over the world. But something happened that you should know about, which is the T206 Honus Wagner card that Gretzky bought back in the day. He had it. He decided to get it graded with like a jeweler's eye. And the company that was created around doing this was called PSA, Pacific Sports Authenticators. They put your cards, you can send your cards in. And they will grade it on a 1 to 10 scale, 10 being like mint goddamn condition. They will put it in a case and it's like, you know, going to protect it more than anything else. And on that is going to say it's PSA grade and everything like that. So that there is a whole entire other market for baseball cards that are junk cards that are commons that you would just put in a, you know, uh, the spokes of your, your bicycle if one of those cards is like a perfect fucking card, now that card that was worth 20 cents could be worth 20 times that or even more. And so when you want to talk to a baseball card collector, I don't know, maybe you want to talk to a guy who uh, made a bunch of uh, money in commercials, didn't, wasn't married at the time, and thought he's going to uh, buy Air Jordans and baseball cards and things that he wanted when he was 10 years old that he couldn't afford <laughs> Well, good for you. That's what you should be doing when you're single and you're running some cash. <laughs> no, I know you know these things, and I should have told you. I should have just asked you, but I, I, I talked to him. But he knows about the P. He mentioned the PSA grade too. And some of the thing I read about the PSA grading is it almost costs as much money as the thing's going to be worth to get it graded. Yeah. Well, you don't. You can buy graded cards. Like I've never. I know that that's true. You could buy. So I could buy a, a Griffey graded rookie card for what? Well, it depends on what the grade is and what the if it's an eighty nine tops ten, I mean that could that could be hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But if it's like a six, you know what I mean? Like, I have never ever had any of my cards graded, but I buy graded cards. Like I have a Chipper Jones tops, you know, the forty year anniversary. So those tops what nineteen ninety uh, or ninety one. I have a Topps 91 Chipper Jones where it says he's a shortstop, number one draft pick, rookie card. I don't have it graded or anything. It looks like none of the corners are bent. It looks pretty damn flawless to me. 
So if I were to send this in to get graded, would it be worth my time? I don't know. I got to look into that. I'm not sure. And also, like, Beckett also grades. Uh, like, if you look at a Be- – remember Beckett uh, Monthly? Yeah, I used to get Beckett's when I was a kid. But I remember it feels like – you know what kills me, dude? I once did have – you know, because insert cards were big, too. Yeah, baseball card comes here doing these inserts where we were only printing so many. And if you complete the series or, you know, they call them like Diamond Kings or obviously you had the Don Russ. Uh, what was the Don Russ one that people loved? Uh, well, Diamond, Diamond Kings. Yeah, it was Don Russ Diamond Kings. Yeah. Yeah, that there was, you go. That was the painting. Of the, the painting guy. of the player. Yeah. Um, but then there was even rare ones. I remember having a McGuire one during like his 70 home run season that at the time was an $80 card. Yes. And then I had I and I was so careful with it. Like I, I was like, don't even breathe around me, everybody. I got a winner here, you know. I put in the plastic, like the this little sleeve that I also inserted into a harder plastic. I took some crap card that I had like in a wood plaque <laughs> case and put that in. I mean, I went to extremes. And then um I I accidentally it was in my pocket and it went to the washing machine. No. I swear, yeah. So it was like an eighty dollar card that got like I still have the card somewhere, and I looked it up, and it's no longer worth nearly as much. Now, a lot of these cards in the 90s, they were – I'm not kidding, man. I'm like, that was a hot card, and now it's only 10 bucks, Really? Everything is like that. Like, if you get a Beckett now, if you want to be depressed as all fuck, look at the prices of, like, late 80s cards and that sort of thing. You're, like, I have boxes of cards at, like my, in my parents' basement. I bought my sister's collection. My sister was getting like babysitter money. Yeah. Oh my God. Here's a story. And it also has to do with our listener donkey because, uh, back in the day, you're, you are younger than me by like four or five years, but in my, in the heyday fifth grade, like early nineties, baseball cards are like what every kid in my, that was worth a shit. Did. They were our Pokemon. They were our Magic the Gather. I mean, no baseball. They were. I remember going to Walgreens, and where were the baseball cards? Right by the register. That's yeah. how popular baseball cards were. Yeah. Anyway, it, go ahead. But also, I mean, like baseball cards. Like the back of baseball cards got me my love of statistics. Me too. And so, my sister, I had allowance money or like birthday money. And that's what I was working with, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so I can get a complete set of, like, tops for my birthday, open it, go through it, have that sort of thing, trade. I had no money, and I had no, like, killer cards other than, like, I, I would save up and buy the best I could get. My fucking sister, who's older than me, she's 40 right now, she was babysitting. And... I think that she thought that baseball cards, like every other kid, was like a really good investment because these prices kept going up and people wanted it. And also she fucking bought that shit because she knew it would piss me off. She she had Sandberg Tops rookie. She had a Canseco uh, Don Russ rookie that I was – because there was a point in time when Canseco was the coolest – motherfucker on the planet he was banging madonna in a lamborghini countach yeah. diablo yes. <laughs> and she had this fucking card and i designed a, a ploy to get this card in a trade from her so when she comes home with like this donruss canseco rookie 
and shows it to me, expecting me to react the same way that I did to the Sandberg Tops rookie, which was almost to fucking have a meltdown over how she didn't even know who the fuck this was. She didn't deserve to have it. So I just go, well, that's a good card, but it's probably about the second best card you could get. And she's like, well, what's, what's first? And I had picked out a name from my shoebox of bullshit, a pitcher for the Phillies who had a 1990 Topps rookie named Todd Froworth. <laughs> but I, his name had a TH in it, so I, was t- so I was saying Todd Frothworth, that's the one. And she's like, well, I thought Canseco was the best. And I was like, ah, he kind of. It's the second, he's good, but he's not Todd Frothworth. And she was just like looking through her cards, seeing if she had any Todd Frothworth cards. <laughs> and I went and I put on this huge production after I found the Todd Frothworth card in my shoebox. And I was going crazy about it and just like jumping up and down. And she was like, I will trade you my Canseco for that right now. And I was like, absolutely. And she traded over and I died laughing, like fell on the floor pointing at her for being such an idiot. Anyway, for my uh, for my wedding gift, fucking donkey uh, gave me that card signed by the real Todd Froworth. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I have it in my office on a shelf. It's like fucking great. You know, there's some joke card on eBay. I can't remember the player's name that is going for $500,000. I mean, obviously no one's ever going to buy it. It's some nobody player. The card's not rare at all. Someone put it up as a joke, and then a bunch of other people ran with it and put up their own versions of it. I got to remember what the hell the guy's name is. Hold on. Let me see if I could search it. Give me one split second here. Um, here we go. I think I just got to write 1990 flare and it'll probably come up yeah jose uribe 1990 flare jose uribe it says uh 74 rare baseball card just pulled from a wax box five hundred twenty-five thousand dollars ebay free shipping and then there's other people who sell it for fifteen thousand, and all this and it says i will accept I, one person says i will accept traded cards and rolexes it's jose just, yeah, jose, jose uribe was a pitcher right for the rockies and dodgers no, he was on the Padres and was a shortstop. Damn it. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Astasia. I think of Pedro Astasia. Yeah, there's articles. Like, here's one from, here's an article from August 16, 2018 from Beckett.com. Your 1990 flair, Jose Uribe, is not worth $758,000, <laughs> is the headline. I'll read, a, I'll read a quip from the article real quickly here. Sometimes baseball cards are weird. As much as you want to make sense of something, it can't be. Such in the case of the 1990 uh, flair, Jose Uribe. Um, if you go on eBay right now, you'll find dozens of them with asking prices ranging from a few dollars up to thousands. The Beckett Marketplace is a little more reasonable with copies starting at 35 cents, at least um, at the time this was written. But those strange listings on eBay have been around long enough that people have started to wonder what's up with this card. Nothing. So, so they nothing. Pro- <laughs> There's a big long space that says nothing. So at least for the card got, itself. They probably got so many questions that somebody had to write that. Oh, that's yes. great. When you told when you told our Cubs text group that you had like 90 Fleer and like 90 Donruss and stuff. I was like, wait, what are the big cards from that? I had, so I looked on eBay because you can buy price guides for Beckett. You can buy a PSA price guide that comes out like every other month, I want to say. But mostly the 
the market is dictated by eBay prices. It is entirely an eBay-based market, right? And when yeah, I, I, and I started looking up those cards, like like we call those cards Lucy's because they sell Lucy cigarettes, whatever. Like yeah, <laughs> like the Lucy uh, ninety Donruss, like Nolan Ryan. I was looking; people are trying to sell them for like fifteen thousand dollars on eBay, and I was like, "What is going on?" You know, so it made me think like some fucking asshole. And then like Mike Burns was doing a joke where he had like camel cigarette shorts and he was trying to sell them on his Instagram for like four thousand dollars. And I could tell it was a joke, but I was like, is that like a thing that people like will be like, because like another guy that I follow is like, I found these dead stock Reeboks. They can be yours for five thousand dollars. And I was like, this must be like a joke thing that's going on. It could be. I think that's a big part of it. Um, eBay's weird. So you know what you do next time you look up stuff on eBay? Maybe you did this already, and I'm just being an idiot right now with you. Is um, there's filters. So when you look up, say you're looking up, um, you know, 1989 Bauman Ken Jr. rookie card. Uh, go down to the filters, which is usually on the side, and then click sold, and it'll show you. Oh, okay. It'll show you what it's actually sold for and how recently. Um, like I'm looking at because I have that Chipper Jones card, uh, so I'm looking at the. Chipper Jones 2018 tops or not 2018 tops. Oh, that's an archive card. That doesn't count. Um, but the original the, from the 40 anniversary Chipper Jones rookie card. Here's one that sold. This is ridiculous. Actually, 1991 tops desert shield Chipper Jones rookie card. Number three, three, three PSA 10 gem mint. Um, it sold on October 22nd, 2018 for $14,000. It's a PSA 10. Is that like the highest possible? That is a perfect card as graded by a professional grader. Yeah, it's with a PSA a- 10 and it went for 14000 But then you got one right here that's a PSA 9 mint and it went for 1352 And these were now, they were they sold. Now you could, if I didn't have that filter on, it'll show me all sorts of weird ranges where you're like, wait, what? You know, it's eBay's weird. Dude, eBay is great in a lot of ways. What annoys me about it uh, is that the one asshole could decide, I just really need to get rid of this. And it'll fuck up the whole market on a product. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Like, uh, there's this uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about. There's this dude. I might have referenced him before because at first I didn't know if I liked him. He's like, because there's these internet personalities that pop up, and you're like, I don't know if I like this guy. But now I'm a big fan of his. This guy Gary Vaynerchuk. Have you heard of him? No. All right. He's like uh, an entrepreneur. He's cool though. He's got a good message. His whole thing is he's trying to make empathy and kindness alpha traits. So I kind of, I kind of dig that, you know, but, um, okay. anyway, so he's kind of, uh, he had this thing where someone was saying, Oh, uh, he was on a radio show and they were like, all you dudes would talk about, like, you know, you try to motivate people and tell people to work hard, you know, and you know, they have all this opportunity and blah, blah, blah. But you never, you just, it's all blanketed statements. Yeah. No shit. Work harder. Give us something. And he goes, all right, I'll give you something. You're really desperate for money. Go on Craigslist, go to the free section. Someone's getting rid of something for free. Go pick it up and then go sell it on eBay or go sell it on Facebook Marketplace or let go or whatever. Keep doing that and you'll, you'll eventually make up a little bit of money and take that money and invest in the thing you really want. Or, you know what I mean? He was basically saying, like, this is if you need extra cash to start a business or whatever you want to do. He calls it flipping. And so I, I watched him do like a 20 minute thing about going to garage sales where it showed him going to garage sales and buying shit because people at garage sales don't usually know what they're getting rid of. And buying like cool, right. he's buying like cool shit for real cheap. Like, uh, like he bought this Thundercats toy that he, you know, he grew up like, you know, he's like, I think about your age, um, maybe a little older. 
uh, and he bought like a Thundercats toy off this guy for like a quarter, and he looked it up, and the cheapest one, even out of the box, cheapest one out of the box on eBay was going for 35 So it's like, I, I remember thinking about that, going, ah, it's pretty fucking cool. And then I saw on Facebook Marketplace, this dude getting rid of these boxes of baseball cards. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do that. And I just bought them off the dude because he didn't live far from me. So I'm like, I drove over, met him in a bowling parking lot, bought three boxes of baseball cards. And then immediately I went online and saw, oh, they're not really worth that much. Uh, still, they didn't cost me anything. If anything, I'll, you know, it was 10 bucks. I'll get a kick out of opening the packs or finding a gem or getting rid of them. And then I saw someone going, I'll give you 20 for the one. I'm like, all right, because I knew I tripled my money on that. I doubled my money really because I bought the three boxes for 10, got rid of one of them for 20. And the way I saw it, as, as cool as it would have been to open up those flare cards, um, it was still kind of fun to be like, I just held on to that for like 12 hours and then I put it on let go and sold it for double the lot that I paid for. I don't know. It was kind of fun. There's um, there's a book that I read that was talking about stuff. Uh, there's something called like the Story Project or something. Someone goes to a dollar store and buys like a bunch of weird shit, hands it out to people, and they all had to write a story about where it came from, and they posted it on eBay. Like, let's say it was like uh, what are those like thumb things that people sew with? What are those called? Uh. I, I know what you're talking like, about. Like, I can't think of the name either. But let's say it's like a little fucking Monopoly piece. Like you get a little, like a Monopoly piece fell out of the thing and someone selling it for like a dime. And you're like, oh, like old, cool, like an old Monopoly piece. You write a story about what's happened to that Monopoly piece and you put it on eBay and people will pay like 30 bucks for it because they're like, that's a cool story. Yeah, they're almost paying for the story. Uh they're paying for the story. Which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had another one. I can't. Oh, there was like, a, wasn't there like a thing a few years ago where this guy bought a pencil and he's like, I want to see what I could trade, like a trade for this pencil. And so like someone's like, uh, I'll give you my t-shirt and he's for that pencil. And he's like, cool. So now he's got this t-shirt. He's like, what did I get for this? And he keeps going up, 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 up. And then he f- didn't like. Does this sound familiar? Uh, vaguely. It vaguely with, sounds familiar. The guy, I think the guy ended up with a house. Get the fuck out. Unless it, he started with a pencil. I'm telling you that, like, I don't know. This sounds vaguely familiar. Like, I've heard of it, like, one time that this guy was like, you want to get the best of trades. And so I started with a pencil. And now he's, and then he ended up with, like, a house. Oh, that's, see, I kind of did. Those are fun. I like, I like the adventure that goes along with a story like that. To me, to me, the garage sale thing was. I went to um, I went to a garage sale was like a week or so ago and got some cool stuff. Um, I ended up flipping the one thing. It was a Shaquille O'Neal Christmas ornament that I got for like a buck and then sold for like 10. So that was kind of cool. But um, oh, you're you're in my hometown of Muscatine, Iowa. They had Kissel cards. Gary Kissel. He was a high school uh, social studies teacher. And I remember. When he had all when, when Shaq went to the Magic and he had all his rookie cards, the sign out the front, I'll never forget this. He had a huge sign that said, We have the new Chenille O'Keels. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. Uh, all right. Well, we got to talk about the World Series. Sorry, this was a little fun little sidetrack. For you listeners out there, tell us any cool baseball stories you may have. You can tweet at us um, at CTB Podcast 9. That's CTB, Community Talking Baseball Podcast 9 is in nine innings. That's how hard we go. And uh, we, by the by the way, there's a fantastic there's a fantastic book about the the Tito Six Honus Wagner that 
uh, Gretzky ended up getting called the card, I believe it's called. And uh, someone found an uncut sheet of old tobacco cards in an attic, cut them and with like perfect corns and sold them. And that sheet, like to make money, by the way. And if they hadn't, that sheet, since no one has ever seen an uncut, like tobacco, that would have been worth like a bazillion dollars. But that uh, the whole story of that is fascinating. I read that book. I think it's called The Card. See, you know, like I, I wish people would just take a little bit more time and research their stuff before um, doing things like that. What a bummer! Because you're sitting on a ladder ticket, you didn't even know it. All right, we're going to talk about the World Series now. It's an exciting one. I know a lot of fans throughout the country were like Boston and L.A., you know what I mean? Because they're big market teams. Um, a lot of reason they hate on both sides. Boston was this team that was like the Cubs, and then they finally won in 04. But then since then, they've won in 07. They've won in 13. They're always there. They've, they've become a powerhouse. So I feel like that nobody really kind of has that, oh, let's root for the Red Texas. It's a cute thing anymore. And then the other side of it, the Dodgers, and you and I had a great text conversation with our buddies Brennan McGowan and Matt Dwyer about Dodgers culture because there's a lot of aspects of Dodger Stadium that I loved, and then there was a lot that I couldn't stand. I hate the beach balls. I hate people showing up in the third and leaving in the seventh. I hate the threat of violence, which is in that yeah. ballpark more than any other ballpark I've ever been in. Um, <laughs> but then there is also like this blue collar sense of, but even that fan base, which is the Hispanic Mexican <clears throat> fan base was born out of this horrible story of gentrification of, uh, eminent domain used by a city where all these poor people who lived in this area that was undesirable basically until someone said a baseball stadium would be killer. Um, but you know, I do, I, I agree with you though. I like more, I like going to Dodger stadium. I got a kick out of it. The palm trees in the background. There's even the ugly yellow seats I grew to like a little bit, you know? Yeah. So basically I was trying to sell uh, one of our friends on that. It's actually a great stadium. I just don't like the, the overall culture of some of the things like, I shouldn't have laughed when you said the threat of violence. It was the way that you said it that made me laugh because somebody obviously. You well, know, no, of course. Me. And I obviously I'm a comedian. I know about timing. I, I executed that line perfectly. So <laughs> you, 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 you made me laugh with your with your verbal Thank skills. You. Uh, but it is it's it's the third oldest stadium. It's got the mountains and the palm trees in the background. You can go for 11 bucks. It's very cheap. I have friends who live in that neighborhood who are on an email thing where Half an hour before game time, sometimes they'll get an email with free tickets. Yeah, I mean, like, I live in that neighborhood. You, you should be on that. I don't know why you're not on that, actually, because I've me and, um, I've gone a few times. I think me and McGowan went to one game. Um, You'll have to give me that give I me will. That I'll talk to my, my friend Jen. I'll hit her up. I haven't talked to her in a while. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you're right. It's cheap. It's huge. Um, I like you. Like, there's there's been Scully, which, I mean, obviously, when you're in the crowd, you're not listening to him but there is a cool little history there it makes me think of the movie naked gun even though it's about the angels was actually shot at dodger stadium uh, the whole scene with oj yeah oj simpson's in part of it he goes down the wheelchair and um uh enrico palazzo yeah enrico palazzo funny i always thought they should have been done a spin-off movie about him being an undercover umpire because that was one of the funniest <laughs> that is one of the funniest scenes in any movie in history leslie nielsen playing an umpire <laughs> Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Yeah, Enrico Palazzo. They <laughs> ended up loving him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, the, the game ends. They play the I Love L.A. song. Um, yeah. 
you know, they got their video boards. They make good use of. I feel like uh, I, there's there's some really fun aspects of it. Yeah. I mean, there's what are what are there three stadiums total? Two, two that you could go. Hey, Sandy Koufax pitched here. Yeah, that's true. Dodger Stadium and Wrigley Field. I, I there, yeah, I, I mean, appreciate I, I the history of Dodger Stadium. I do. Unless there was an All Star game at Fenway, I I mean they the like the Celtics and the Lakers was like a big goddamn thing. But the they haven't played in the World Series since 1916. Yeah, and that's when the Dodgers were a Brooklyn team. Yeah, Babe Ruth had a big series. I believe so. Did. I mean, <laughs> I I th- I mean, obviously, obviously, Fenway. You've been there. Right? I have not. Have you? Yes, I, I went there I in '97. Go. I went there in '97, and I was like, "Oh shit!" You know? Oh no! Is this better? Oh god! Is this better? Ah fuck! <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. Uh, first time I went down, I love first time. I've only been in New Orleans once. And I remember after day three of eating one of the best meals I ever had in my life, I was like, "I think the food down here might be better than in Chicago." I can't admit that to anybody though. <laughs> I can't tell anyone that, but I'll, I'll admit it. You like Cajun food, huh? I am a big fan of Cajun food, man. I really do like it. But I've told people, this is what I use as my proof that I'm not an unabashed Chicago lover of all things Chicago because uh, I still stand by Chicago as better pizza than New York. And someone's like, you say it because you're from Chicago. I go, ask me the best uh, food in the country. And I, I go, New Orleans. I go, New Orleans to me is better food overall than Chicago. But pizza... Chicago is better than New York. I'm sorry. And then people go, oh, fuck deep dish. I'm like, no, I'm not talking about deep dish. I'm saying a slice of thin crust that I'd find anywhere in the city limits of Chicago is better than the slices of thin crust I've had in New York. And I've been in New York four times. I've tried the pizza in every freaking borough except for Staten Island because I had no reason to go there. But I had, I had, I, well, the only, to be fair, the only slice of pizza I had in the Bronx was at Yankee Stadium. And it was the worst thing I've ever had in my life. And someone's like, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was got off. I remember I took two bites into it. My, and the people, I was there with three other comedians. They all looked at me going, that's not too good, is that? I'm like, it's awful. And they go, it looks awful. And I go, they all look like this, though. I kind of looked around when people were walking away to see how the slice looked. I remember being like, I guess that's what the slice looks. Don't judge a book by its cover. Maybe it tastes amazing. And then people were like, <laughs> people were then saying, well, dude, you got to slice of pizza at a baseball game. I go, no, fuck you, because I've had great slices of pizza at a baseball game. I had a killer taco Wait. at a So... Wait a second. Wait a second. What baseball stadium has good pizza? Uh, Wrigley used to have Connie's, and it wasn't that bad, okay? Um, <laughs> no, I had a good slice at um, – where did I have a good slice of pizza? Comerica Park in Detroit. I thought I had a pretty good slice of pizza. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, sometimes I'll get a slice if I don't – here's the thing about hot dogs. I love them, but one hot dog does not satisfy me. And two hot no. dogs is 12 bucks. A slice of pizza would be like eight. So I'd gotten slices of pizza. Last time I went to a Cubs game, instead of hot dogs, I had uh, Italian beef because financially it was made more. Like one Italian beef, I'm full. One hot dog, I'm rarely full. That's what they do. Oh like, my god! At uh, at fucking uh, Mesa, Arizona, for the Cubs. Uh, why can't I think? Sloan Park. Uh, the spring training. Yes. They have like Lumalnatis. <laughs> they have like Portillos just there. At the, at the stadium. You got to go. Yeah, I, I've been dying to go to spring training. You mentioned the stadium thing. Um, I want to go to Fenway. So my last year living in California, the whole 2016 Cubs season, which was such a great season in retrospect, obviously, because the Cubs won the World Series. But it was such a great season to do this. I went to all five. The Cubs were playing um, West Coast interleague games. So And, you know, they're naturally going to play um, against the Dodgers and Giants and Padres. But uh, they also played against the A's and Angels. 
you went to one of the games against the Angels opening day. They opened the season again in um, Anaheim. We saw each other at Portillo's right beforehand. But um, we went together to San Diego. We went together to San Diego. And then, um, or that was the year before we went together to San Diego, or maybe in 2015. That's right. Yeah. Yes. But 2016, okay. I went, I saw the Cubs play in Anaheim, San Francisco, San Diego, Oakland, and of course in LA. I saw them at five different stadiums, and I saw them in Wrigley because I went back home for a game. So I saw them in six different stadiums in one year. And I remember I went to all the California baseball parks that year. And I said to myself, damn, I want to keep this going. Every year I want to go on the road a little bit and go to different games. Problem was I have a son now, so I don't really have as much free time or quite as much uh, exposable income. But uh, I then realized now I keep thinking to myself, well, I could go to Boston. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait five years until he's older and can appreciate it, and I'll take him. He's got plenty of free time. Well, he does, but here's my thing. <laughs> I know. I was just fucking No, I got you. But you'll you appreciate this. And this is something I think the listeners uh, would probably get a kick out of hearing, my rationale behind this. A lot of people have asked me, hey, has he gone to a Cubs game yet? Now, he's one and a half. So people were asking if I would take him throughout the season to a game. And I said, no, and I'm not going to take him until he's five. Uh, maybe four. We'll see. On my fifth birthday, my dad, as my birthday present, took me to a Cubs game. And I remember that's funny. I was, I was five. Yeah. And the rationale behind that was he wanted me to remember my first Cubs game. Your first. Your right. First and I see babies. That. I see people with two year olds and one year olds at games all the time. And I'm like, they're not going to remember their first time. And I still remember my first time. Like it was yesterday. And I even remember yes. uh, getting scared when we went up to our actual seats. And that's the day I found out I was afraid of heights. We were going up the ramp. And at that time it wasn't, you know, they didn't have a, you could, there was just a gate. It was basically just like a fence you'd see as a backstop at any little yeah. league, separating the outside when you're going up that ramp to go up to the upper deck, um, you know, looking yeah. at the outside world. And I remember looking, seeing the McDonald's arches and going, oh my God, we're yeah. higher than the arch. And I looked down and I started to freak out. And, you know, my dad never experienced it before because he didn't know his five year old was afraid of heights because I'd never been up high. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not going up there. I'm not, we got to go back down. I was freaking out. And so then we just like, it wasn't a sold out game. It was 1989. Um, oh, no, it might have been sold out actually because it was 1989 and they were good. But uh, we ended up kind of like, we found two seats that we just jumped in at the back of like the, like the 200 level in the grandstands because I was too afraid to go up that high. I do wow. remember playing the Phillies though. Because two years later, we went on road trips in which I, I mentioned this on the podcast before, I saw Lenny Dykstra make an insane catch. It was the Reds versus the Phillies in Cincinnati because we'd go on baseball stadium road trips. And I'd like to do that when, you know, when my son's older. Um, you know, we could go to down to St. Louis. It's only a five-hour drive. Milwaukee, you could get an hour and 15 from Chicago with no traffic. You got uh, Minnesota. Is only, that's what's cool about Chicago, being in the center. I mean, within a six-hour drive, there's probably about five to six Major League Baseball stadiums. Yeah. I mean, you got two in the city alone. You got one in Milwaukee that's three. St. Louis is four. Minneapolis is about a six hour drive from here. So that's five. Kansas City. Kansas, Kansas City's City, probably, that might be eight hours, but you can still make the drive. Um, what else do you have? Uh, Detroit and Cleveland. Those are, and then Cincinnati. So you got, you know, a bunch right there. And I drove to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's only about seven, seven and a half. So you still, you could do like a thing where, you could hit Cincinnati up and then go up to Pittsburgh and then go back to Cleveland if they're all in town at the same time. Um, so that'd be a sweet little vacation for any of you Chicago listeners or anyone around. You know, if you're in California, make that trip, man. I had a good time with that. It was a lot of fun. But we got to talk. I want to lead off this. So here's what we're going to lead off when we get an actual World Series coverage, which we're doing now, everybody. Slow burn here, 35 minutes in. <laughs> we got to talk Manny Machado. 
and yeah. everything that's gone down in this playoffs. And this is going to be a big part of the series because he's got bad blood. Now, if we had a producer, they would cue Taylor Swift bad blood right now. Uh, that was in my head. <laughs> I, right when you said that, I, was, I got bad blood by Taylor Swift in my yes. head. Which Anthony Rizzo comes out to his third time up to bat. He has a different song for each of bat, but for some reason, third trip through, he plays bad blood. Yeah. Well, one of them is Ca- Castro's old Yeah, song. the opening one is still that one. Uh, opens and closes with that. So that's first and four, but songs, bat number two and bat number three, it's usually something different. I don't know if he, what he does when he has fifth or sixth at bat. Doesn't matter. Machado. So um, he's been called lazy during this, and he kind of came out and admitted, I'm not, you know, Charlie Hustle. That's not my thing. Not my cup of tea. He said, he said Johnny. Johnny Hustle. Hustle thank you. It's not my cup of tea. Then the next game, he clips the first baseman of the Brewers, Aguilar, Aguilar, whose foot was a little bit where it shouldn't have been, but it was still obviously intentional by Machado. He kind of did a little, uh, I'm going to drag. They have, they have a history. They're also friends. People were saying, listen, in the city championship of the 1991 Muscatine little league championships, uh, we were in the losers or whatever. We were doing good game, good game, good game. And don and donkey was on the other team. And donkey goes, "See you in the losers bracket," and I punched donkey in the shoulder because I was angry that we lost in the tournament. Anyway, I've seen that happen. Everyone, was, I was umpiring a little league game once, and a kid clocked the other kid in that line. That line's dangerous, so they don't do it at the pro everyone rumble. was freaking. Everyone was freaking out over it until kind of like my parents and his parents talked to all the coaches and everybody, and they're like, "No, they're friends." Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what though? It dep- people forget. I would have been, I would have been kicked off that fucking team, man. So you think Machado's a dirty player? Um, Do you think I meant to say? Not like you think, like accusatory. I get how people could be friends. He's and making do me stuff to each other on the field because Barkley and Jordan were famously friends, and Jordan was always like, "I wanted to kill him every time I played him." You know, it kind of sucks because he's kind of hiding. In Baltimore, right? Like, not a huge spot. No, there on, wasn't. On that, uh, on that team. Turns out he's a dirty, lazy asshole. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, all in the span of, like, two days, he's like, nah, I don't, I don't uh, respect 90. And also, uh, you know, like, I cheat. Uh, yeah, that's – I mean – it doesn't hurt his I felt uh, I, here's the thing though. I, I, I actually um the, I didn't like him not saying I don't respect ninety. The clip in the first uh um, Aguilar's ankle of course is bad. I think that was more born out of frustration or him realizing what I said was stupid and now I gotta prove that I'm about winning. And oh and that's why he Oh he's over he's overcompensating. That's why I think he kinda of pulled like an AJ Pruszynski type move where it's like, let's see if I can get away with this, because if I do at least fans would be like, hey, man, he's trying to win, which is still, yeah, cause, but it's like, dude, there's camera angles on everything. I think he's, I, look, he's 26. He'll be 26. This is, I think he's 25 most of the year, maybe he turned 26 during the season. Uh, I'm not sticking up for, like, because he's got a lot of other things. He's caused brawls. Him and Oakland had feuds. Him and Boston had feuds. Um, I did like. So he's just, an, he's just an asshole. He might just be an asshole, but I don't think it's going to hurt his free agent value. I mean, you kind of want. I mean, you're not taking Reggie Jackson in 1977. Of course you, know? you are. Exactly. I like. So, uh, but what, if Manny Machado wins World Series MVP, no one's going to be talking about 
him not hustling down to first base on that one play. Some fans who That's are haters, true. fans that are haters, will automatically think that. Uh, what do you think of when you think of Chase Utley? Um, oh well, you, you know what though, because that was like the last thing he did was taking that that hard slide. I guess they also named the rule after the Utley him. rule. That's a little different. I hear what you're saying though. Normally, I wouldn't though, because Utley has a Hall of Fame career. Do we do we determine if he's a Hall of Famer? I think I think he absolutely I is think a, Hall he's a Hall of Famer. Famer. Yeah, I couldn't remember if we broke him down because there's been a few guys on this we broke down, and that'll be one of the fun podcasts we'll do like in the off season at some point where we break down all the people who have retired over the last year or two and see who's next. You know, because there's a, there's the a few candidates pod- out there. <laughs> that podcast is going to be called a lot of a lot of no's. A lot of no's, yes, but a few surprising yeses. I think there's some yeses on the way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. But. um I look at it this way. I like that. But, you know, with Utley, you're right. I, I would have thought of so much more. But that – see, when that play happened, I watched it live, and I thought, hey, playoff baseball, good, hard thing. But then he was so injured. Then, yeah. then, then on the replay yeah. – no, really, honestly, and then on the replay – because, dude, when you're watching something in real time like that, I didn't immediately think that was dirty. Then on the replay, I was like, oh, shit, he did go in way late. You know, yeah. Then I was like, yeah, 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 he went in way late, and it was, you know. And then because baseball has all these dumb rules, like that are unwritten, that is considered okay, and no one was like that mad about it. Yeah, it's it is weird. Basically, it's hard to keep up with some of the uh, rules, and hopefully, a lot of them are. Going I away. saw, I saw a double play. They got called, uh, like safe at second because the guy didn't step on the bag, and I was just like, man, that rule. It used to be like the in the area. They're called the neighborhood you know? play. The neighborhood play. If you were in the general fucking vicinity of second base. Yeah. yeah. But back in the because day, they man, were good, the they 80- guys would get spiked, you know what I mean? So they would just kind of like do it where they would drag their foot somewhere around there and then throw it first. And the umpires were just like, yeah, that's cool. But now because of instant replay, they're like, no, you have to actually step on second base. And then you had uh, Ruggie Odor trying to throw the ball at the runner. Yeah. Which is crazy because those dudes throw hard as hell. Machado, who actually is a, has been, since moving to L.A., has been a very good shortstop. He was terrible in Baltimore, but a lot of people think that was Baltimore just being bad with um, defensive alignment and their shifting and analytics kind of put him in a position in which he wasn't very good. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah, I read a thing about it where I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then I've, I've watched, I mean – I haven't been glued to the set for every single inning. I, I was a little jaded after the Cubs got knocked out, but I've watched a good majority of these playoffs, especially the Dodgers Brewers series. And I saw him make some great play. He turned one double play where maybe him and three other guys could have pulled off uh, because of his arm. It was, he got it, touched second and then fired the first. And you know, he's got a third base in his arm. He threw like, he threw like 95 right. from second to first base. It was, it was a gun. He's got an absolute cannon. So, um, so I think it's, it's my favorite. Uh, my favorite thing with like that stat cast shit is when they show how hard the dude threw from. I think that like I think Mookie Betts threw somebody out at second base from right. Someone threw a hundred and five miles an hour the other day, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" I know, and I keep thinking, "Could we just get them on the mound one time? Why can't we just t- tweak them a little bit and see what they can do?" <laughs> But you notice yeah. that most of these position players, when they come in to pitch, are just lobbing it because their coaches are like, listen, asshole, I don't want you trying to light up the radar gun. I'm sure you could do real f- – I'm sure you could hit 93 or whatever. We know you brag about it in practice and we're hanging out. 
I don't, if you get hurt, I'm going to look like the biggest asshole in the world. So please don't, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, by the, by the way, if it was, of all the people that think, uh, baseball is like some easy sport to play, watch this. I don't know. This occurred to me and it, I think it's relevant. Watch a pitcher run the bases. Just, just watch Ryu get a single and run the bases. That's a guy who's not a real baseball player, just a pitcher. Yeah. He looks like a goddamn joke out there. And most pitchers do. What they can't feel the popper pop up from the mound. Yeah, that's how every non baseball playing baseball player would look out there. So when people are like, I could play baseball. No. Because pitchers look stupid playing baseball. Yeah, it really is funny to me how the average person thinks that. Like you have no idea. First, that's that's there's a whole thing with this with athletes where every baseball player, even the worst one in the league, the worst major league baseball player in the league, who was it? Chris Davis this uh, last year. Chris Davis, which I don't even like Chris Davis because yeah. he's had good seasons in the league. But think about the absolute worst guy, the guy who Albert Pujols. Yeah, but <laughs> another another example. bad example in that sense because he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. But like, just think of the guy who comes up, Tyler Chat. Chatwood. Tyler Chatwood. There's a good one. But he even makes money. I'm talking about the guy who gets called up every September for a handful of games and then gets sent back down. Like, he's barely in the show. He, right, he gets right, a right. cup of coffee semi-annually. And, you know, at the end of his career, he would have made $400,000 total. Like, that dude. That dude was still by far the best baseball player in his state when he was yeah. in high school. <laughs> like, that's how insanely yeah. good you have to be. Um, yeah. to be a professional <laughs> baseball player. Uh, so with Machado, I'm expecting, look, I think Boston's going to be above the whole, you know, reholding, you know, obviously they don't like him. They're going to be watching out for him, but I don't expect any kind of real fireworks unless Manny brings them on. You know, um, I don't see, I don't yeah. see Boston just, I don't see Chris Sale throwing one high and tight just to be like, Hey, that's a message in the first inning. I don't see that shit. Oh, I Boston. don't sales insane so maybe he is but i just don't see cora pushing that and by the way here's a little something for people cora is a rookie manager um and so rookie managers can do just fine i think i talked about one of my friends recently about how um you know maybe if say madden the cubs let go of madden after this upcoming year after we win a world series he wants to retire as a world series champion he'll be 69 david ross comes in and someone said, oh, I don't know. You, you, you don't want a rookie manager when you're in a championship window. I go, that's a really stupid thing to say because there's a lot of rookie managers that have won championships. Or, or you know what I mean? Like, it's – anyway. Didn't matter. they blame didn't – didn't Aaron Boone's lack of experience come into play for some people, though? I mean, sometimes it does, but then for other people it doesn't. I mean, I, I, I don't – I don't. I know see how, what you're saying. You, I'm just if saying that it's not, a, it's not a make or break thing. Of the the rookie manager is not a problem as long as they're good. The front, <laughs> the front, the the front office isn't a rookie. Didn't Girardi win as the first year manager? Or no, he didn't win. He won manager of the year. He won that award, okay. but he didn't win. Cause remember, he was a he was a manager for the Marlins for one year. Oh, I and it was totally his second his second that. year in New York. They won the World Series. Ozzy Guillen's second year managing the White Sox. They won the World Series. This would be um, David Roberts' third season with the Dodgers. He was in, he was sixteen. That was his first year. I believe it was his first year, and we beat them. So he's been three years, three NLCSs, two World Series. Yeah, because Mattingly went. Yes, I think. I so, think Mattingly yeah. was in twenty fifteen. Correct. Anyhow, um, 
No, I think, look, I, as, a, as a fan of baseball, and look, Manny Machado, I don't know why I keep saying that, look, but Machado, you ever start <laughs> to use words where I'm like, why am I saying that? Manny Machado. Mira. Mira. Yes. He is going to make any team he goes to better. Uh, there will be a few teams who might say, you know what, I don't want that attitude here. But he's still going to get paid. I actually kind of liked it when he kind of like grabbed his crotch at the Brewer fans. They, he and Puig mocked their celebration when Puig hit that three-run homer. And in my head, I'm just like, I don't more people hate Yasiel Puig. People do hate him, I believe. Are you saying why don't more people hate him? Yeah, like he's like everybody hates Machado, and it's just like I feel like Puig might have done more like egregious shit in that series, except for people are just kind of like, yeah, Puig is fucking missing something in his head. Puig's an interesting case because remember he came into the league like gangbusters, and then people yeah. kind of then started to hate him because he's like, well, for who does he think he is? He's he's a rookie. He's too flashy. He's this. He's that. Then he started to suck real bad. And the Dodgers was had to, yeah. The Dodgers yeah. thing about getting rid of him. He was I, well, he was suspended and then he was out at bars saying fuck the Dodgers. Like, was he getting in control for some stuff like that? I remember Yeah, then he went to yeah, like he was a head case and then like uh he went to the minors and was like paying for everybody to go like in a party bus. Like his whole thing was bizarre. Yeah, it was one of those things where I think the Dodgers who have a great GM with Friedman now, who was with Tampa previously. Actually, him opt- him leaving Tampa gave Joe Madden the opt-out for the Cubs to get him. He looked at the Puig situation and probably thought, the dude has talked his way out of any trade value. So we're just going to hold on to him and hope he starts hitting the ball again. The guy's talented as hell, and we'll see how it plays. And guess what? It worked. Puig's a good player again. He's had some big hits for them. Um, and now they're kind of like, well, we're just going to hold on to him. And I bet I'm not sure if they even have any plans to get rid of him now because I feel like they just, it's almost like this is Puig. This is what he does. We, we know how to deal with him now. It's a, a thing. His teammates get along with him, whatever, right? But if they did want to, I bet they could fetch something pretty decent for him in the offseason. Yeah, that's like a whole other ball wax, man, because like everybody's talking about chemistry now. Yeah, because everyone's looking for every little um, competitive advantage. So do you think Manny Machado has hurt his chances this offseason? I think that it might give somebody pause, but I think that results are results over process. Yeah, I think results over process too. Like, again, if he wins World Series MVP or whatever. I, I... But you said something interesting to me uh, that made me not – that made me wanting him completely contingent on – if the Dodgers win the World Series or not. I don't want them as much if, if they win. I don't either. Yeah. I want hungry players. I'd rather Bryce Harper, because I think Bryce Harper wants that ring. Yes. He wants, he wants to be a World Series champion. He saw, He's never been to the NLCS. Yeah, he saw how cool it looked watching his boy, Chris Bryant, you know, crying on television and celebrating and seeing a 5 million person parade. And look, if the Cubs win again, I don't see 5 million, but you see a few million at least. And I think they want that experience. And I think you want. He was also in right field when Bodie hit that walk off granny and they kind of cut to him and he had a look on his face. And I was just like, he's thinking about what it would be like. Oh, for sure. Wrigley's special. It's a special place. Uh, there's, there's that history there, especially like they're, they're on top of you in a weird way because of the high brick wall. And it's such a small people. 
if you've never been to Wrigley, you don't realize how small that stadium is. Um, I mean, it's gotten bigger. They've, they've expanded the bleachers. They've expanded some areas. But compared to Dodger Stadium, it's tiny. Fenway's probably by the pretty way, small, too. By the way, what do you think of that Mookie Betts interference call? That was another thing I have on my notes that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to just wrap up the Manny thing. I, I look, I'm a, look, I, I my, my, just the one last sentence about Manny. Um, I'd be happy to have him. Obviously, I think any team he goes to, he's going to make better. This is a guy who has at least 35 home runs a season. Um, if you could get him back to third, you got a gold glover at shortstop. He, I think, is probably a little bit above average now that they figured out the right spots to play him. Um, yeah, he's a plus hitter. He seems to be an all right base runner. Anyway, I think he'll improve any team he's on. You're right. He's probably going to get people a little bit of like, ah, we'll see. You know. Um, I think that I think that if he's like, I'm not Johnny Hustle anyway. Then like, so you have to be motivated to do something, right? Like this. This is a guy who isn't going to give you his all every day. He needs to be mentally into it. And if he's coming off a World Series hangover where he's very happy and not necessarily motivated, fuck you. Yeah, I don't want him. That's what I'm saying. If he's coming off of a World Series hangover and he's $300 million richer, yeah, I don't want him. I don't see him being that motivated. I could see, though, the Dodgers losing this series and him going, damn, we're that close. Getting on a team like the Cubs where you know Madden and Theo are very clear with their players and Alberto Moore Jr., who is a player that hustles, this is like one of his best friends. I can see him in the right atmosphere, being like, "Shit, I can't be. I gotta be. Um, I gotta be different." I, I see. Well, there's there's another thing. If he is a dirty player and like a bad guy, does that seem like he'd be best friends with Almora? No, it doesn't, because Almora is the opposite of that. Right, right. A guy I I met Elmore once. I didn't get a picture with him. He was at Rizzo's charity event, and I talked to him for you know a, a few sentences, and he seemed like a really nice dude. Like he was giving everyone the time of day, and um, so yeah, I don't see exactly. I don't see you know what I'm saying like I don't. See, why would you? Why would you be best friends with this guy who's an asshole? I think what Machado, I try to put myself in a, in other people's shoes. I think Machado realized he missed his pitch on that ball. He should have hustled out. So right, it was a 3-0 pitch that probably it was like, damn, why? And then I hit a ground ball to the shortstop, and and so I think right, right when it, that happens, you know, what I mean, how many times there are great hitters who hustle all the time. If they hit a pop up on the infield in a key spot, I've seen Anthony Rizzo had a pop up on the infield in a key spot and not run out of the batter's box right away. That happens to the best hitters every now and then. Even the guys who hustle all the time are going to have moments where they're like, motherfucker. I think he had a motherfucker moment. And then in the post game, instead of just owning up to it, probably felt a little attack, which some people do. And he thought, you know what? I'm look, sorry, I'm not fucking Johnny Hustle or or Sergeant Mc uh, dive into first base. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I'm not some little uh, choir boy out here getting his uniform dirty. All right, yeah, I don't know, why I'm adding to it, but that's why I think he had. And then after you know slamming his locker and driving back to his place in L.A., he probably thought, shit, that's not what I want to put out there. Fuck, I'm gonna make up for it the next day. Next day, hits a ground ball and thinks, "I got oh, get your fat fucking foot out of the way at first base, dickhead." And that's what he, and that's why he clipped the other dude, you know. Because even the thing with Pedroia, where he came up spikes high, as soon as he hit him, he instantly grabbed Pedroia to be like, "My bad, my bad," you know. I think he's a dude that played in Baltimore and probably hit some frustrations there, even though they had that one year where they lost in the wild card. And now he's in a pennant race for the first time in a while. He's in a free agent year. I think given the right circumstance, he could be a player that's good for a clubhouse. 
Well, I would just look uh, for somewhere in between uh, not hustling and uh, trying to hurt the first base. Yeah, that's what so I was just saying. So <laughs> between, just in between that area is yeah. where he wants to be. You don't need to so be like, Wilson Contreras uh, <laughs> sliding into first base on ground balls to the second baseman. We love that. Don't get us wrong, but you don't. We don't need you risking injury. We get that. But also, if it's hitting the hole, how about how about uh, you know high kneeing it a little bit? How about getting those legs up a little? Um, and, and let's not yeah. clip the first baseman. There's there's a happy medium. You're right. Uh, Mookie Betts, the play in Houston. You're talking about the home run interference call. Uh, I think that's a home run. I think Altuve got screwed on that. I think it's stu- I think if you're a fielder and your arm is going into the crowd. Which most camera, the one camera got blocked by security guard. But from what I've seen from several different viewpoints, that ball was already in the stands. No one's really reaching over. One fan looks like he's kind of got his arm, one of his, you know, his offhand that he's not reaching with is in the field of play. But he's still not even, he's not interfering. You know what I mean? When the, when the fuck was that stadium built? That was built early, late 90s, early 2000s? Late yeah. 90s. Uh, Late 90s? Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I think late 90s. I got to say, man, that is a problem waiting to happen for Houston. Because why can the, why would they do that with the fans right there for, for like a home run situation? That, they fucked themselves. I used that, to- guy should, that guy should be the new Bartman. He should be, but which guy is it? And maybe the Houston press was smart enough not to pro- publish the man's name. Uh, maybe they learned from that. But I, I know what you're saying. He should be the new Bartman. It was built in – it opened April 7th, the year 2000. Minute Maid yeah. Park, originally known as Enron Field, if you don't remember. No, I, I, my grandfather, uh, lifelong Enron employee, I remember. Oh, oh hot damn. So you don't <laughs> remember. Because uh, someone was hoping for more inheritance money and then – no. Oh, those damn criminals. Uh, but you're right. It is a problem. It was a problem that happened, clearly. But you know what, though? I, I hate that Dodger Stadium has home runs go just over the fence and fans don't get to get them. I like fans oh, right. being right on top yeah. of the action. Maybe they could have a thing called a basket. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. A little Wrigley Field action there. They've already tried to oh, uh... deal with the brick. All these new stadiums with the brick facades are, are total ripoffs of Wrigley. Why not go full stream and throw a basket little... in there? Little Banks River, yeah, or raise. Look, I love a guy robbing a home run, and you're right, the fans are right there. So, if I'm a fan, Mookie Betts leans in, I'm gonna interfere because, as a fan, they have the right to. That's why it is a home run. Because, as a fan, as soon as the player reaches in, they have the right to the ball. People forget that Bartman's thing was interference because his hands were over where Alou was, although Alou was partially in the th- that could have gone either way, I guess. Um, it did suck because Lou had it. Obviously, if you're a fan, you should get the hell out of your way for your own team. <laughs> I don't think fan interference should even be possible on a home run. It would be nice. So what do you think? You think they should just get rid of that front row and make like a little moat? Yes. Or how yes, about raise should. it up? Raise it up so that there's just no robbing of a home run. I mean, is it? does it kind of suck that you can't rob a home run at Wrigley? Sure. But, I mean, at the same time, what do you not want? 
Ivy and shit? Come on. Yeah, I mean, that's baseball. That's why people go on treks to go to different baseball teams. I've never heard anyone say, ooh, I got to check out the Staples Center before I die. I got to make sure I go to um, <laughs> the Bradley Center in Milwaukee. I got to make sure I go to wherever the hell the Utah Jazz play. No, they all look the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, though, but uh, yeah. Although, yeah, although look- a friend of a friend of mine went to uh, Emirates in the UK to a uh, a football match and said it was like amazing, but th- they sing different songs. Oh well, that's more for atmosphere. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are certain stadiums where I'm like, I'd want to go there just to see the spectacle of it. You know? Um, yeah, yeah. As far as you know, there's no quirks. There's no, you know, what I mean, it's oh, let me guess. There's a bunch of parking lots and a building. That has no like windows into it. You know what I mean? I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Houston, though, hey, great, se- great season for you. And Milwaukee, look, I've been hard on Brewer fans. Uh, I won't be anymore. The way the Brewers' rivalry with the Cubs was always this thing where my high school, we had two rivals. The one was Notre Dame High School, which was an all guy school as well, which was just outside the city in Niles. So they were like suburban kids. You know, they had a little bit more money than we did. Uh, that's where we, Steve Bart. That's where Steve Bartman went. It is. You're 100 right. It is where Steve Bartman went, and trust us, we used that and uh, <laughs> to separate ourselves from them. But you know, our school was in the city. We were more blue collar and all that. And um, and then we had another rival called Holy Cross High School, which was just a few miles down Belmont from us. And when we'd play them, it was the Battle of Belmont. Now, some people would think, oh, well, that had to be the bigger rival because we were on the same busy street. Uh, you know, you guys probably more of you knew each other. It was the lesser of the two rivals because it was a friendly rivalry. It was a rivalry. We wanted to kick their ass in sports, but then afterwards we'd go drink with them in the same parking lot, you know? Um, And then Notre Dame, which was farther because it was in the suburbs, that was the rivalry where there was always fights breaking out after every one of those games. There would always be extra police and security because it was just, it was chaos. That's how I look at the Cubs with the Cardinals. Cardinals farther away, more serious of a rival. Also, the Cardinals have been a rival for much longer since like 100 years with these two franchises where the Brewers were an American League team for a while, so I know it doesn't quite equate the same way. But the Brewers, to me, were always like, oh, the Brewers are in the National League. Now, this is fun, you know? Um, right. I actually have a fun story. When I was 14 or I was 15, when I was 15, I went to a game, a Cubs game, obviously at Wrigley, and it was Cubs-Brewers, and uh, we were sitting in the bleachers, and this girl, who woman, I should say, who in my brain was like she must be like in her 30s but looking back she's probably 22 23 but you know i'm 15 so 23 year old are you are you what are you 50 get away from me you know um, right she bought me a beer and then was getting real flirty with me and then one of her friends whispered something to her and then she's like wait a minute how old are you and then i'm like how old do you think i am and then her friend's like you're fucking high school aren't you because i saw you talking to that dude a second ago and he's wearing a high school t-shirt and i'm like yeah i'm 15 and the woman just beelined away from me it's pretty hilarious in retrospect because um, she was oh, a 23 year old who bought an underage guy beer and was hitting on him. I looked old though when I was 15, so I don't even blame her for that. Um, I just thought that shit was funny. But no, it was always a cool rivalry. <laughs> but this last month of the season, look, they, they played great baseball. Chris, Christian Yelich is the MVP. Lorenzo Kane, fantastic player. Um, and they got, they got a good bullpen. They're, I love Miller Park, it's a fun stadium. But they got a little too chirpy, so I didn't want them to go to the World Series. I didn't. Um, uh, Houston, I didn't want to go to the World Series either because Dallas Keuchel said we're not the Cubs, and yet they did exactly what the Cubs did. So eat shit, yeah. Dallas. <laughs> oh, he's a free agent. Oh, uh, really? Well, I'm not. We don't need him. He's good though. I, no, I, I didn't hear a lot about him this year. How do you do? I mean, he's the worst pitcher on that team. That I mean, but that's 
they have Verlander and Cole and he's he won a Cy Young and he didn't deserve it in my opinion and I think he's super overrated. Yeah, he'll probably get some money though because it's pitching is like him Corbin and maybe Kershaw. Kershaw's out. We got plenty of time to get to free agency. All right, now we got to talk about I, the series. I, he Keiko made me hate the Astros. I got to admit it. I he, that, he made me more than of, the dude who did the uh, Asian face thing. Oh, Yuri. Yuri Gressel. Gurriel, I mean, yeah. You know me with some some last names. I'm just very bad at pronouncing them. And, and I can't. I just got to, I to take the time to pronounce them a little bit. They all just sound like Rodriguez. Yeah. Show me baloney. Remember that guy? <laughs> Shohei Otani. For those of you longtime listeners, go back to the early episodes back in April and watch me butcher Shohei Otani's name uh, the first three weeks of the season back in April. I just couldn't pronounce his name. Anyhow, I then got it. By the time I got it, he was injured and out for a lot of the year. But then he came back and had a strong second half. Or last and he's my choice. Month. He's my choice for AL Rookie of the Year. Me too. I think his combination is uh, it's hard to argue against. Look, Lombard Torres, he had a nice year, but I'm not giving it to you. Okay. Um, Boston, LA. What say you? How's this series going to play out? Give your prediction. Who's, the, who's, if, who's your World Series MVP as well? If I was, were to guess, I would say that uh, they're going to be – 10 to 7 type games. Uh, 10 runs to 7 runs. I think I, the, I like high scoring. I like that prediction. Hell yeah. Let's do it. I want it to be exactly like, well, what was it? Game 2 and Game 5 of the World Series last year where it was just bananas. Just bomb shots left and right. I, here's my fucking problem. I don't know if Kershaw is the best pitcher on the Dodgers or the worst pitcher on the Dodgers. I don't know. He doesn't know. Who would be the best if it's not Kershaw? Would it be Ryu? Not based on his last two starts. Would it be I, Bueller? Bueller looked really good last uh, his um, in game uh, seven. He looked really sharp. Gave I up a bomb. He get, or game six? No, did he start no, game, game seven? seven? My bad, my bad. Uh, gave up a home run to, to Yelich right away. But then that was it? Well, they, they, they put won- in... They won 37 pitchers. I know. No, didn't they but, get? They got six innings out of uh, what's his face. Well, I so he's the best one, pitcher real, on the team. One earned in six innings. You're not saying that's a good start. Uh, fine, it is. But of I course just, it is. Don't don't come on, man. One run in six innings is a great start. I I'm not. You just don't like him for other reasons, maybe. No, no, no. I I I look at that staff. They're completely inconsistent. And, like, if you're like, well, what about the Red Sox staff? I'm getting there. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Like, I just I, – I see zero scenario how the Dodgers win four games against the Red oh, Sox. Oh, I don't see it. And, by the way, I wasn't saying Walker Bueller is better than Kershaw. Although, looking at their stats, they're very damn close. Uh, you got a 3-5 order, a 3-3. It was um, cool. It was cool that Kershaw got to do the doggy pile from the mound. That, that was cool. Was... Bueller had a better fifth, lower ERA. Um. So Walker's there. So Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller. If you if you go by the statistics that you go by, Brido. Yes. Um, although Kershaw had about twenty four more innings pitched. Uh, if you go by K rate, Bueller's got him. Uh, walk rate, obviously. Wait, Kershaw's is this better. for is this for the just the postseason so far? Or is this no, I'm going by everything? the season. I'm going by the 2018 season. I like to ask season. my Uber driver who the best pitcher on the Dodgers is right now. They, they have no idea what to say. No one trusts Kenley. That's fun. And I'll be like, who's the best pitcher? Who do you think the best pitcher is right now? And they'll be like, ah, oh, man, honestly? Like, it's fun. 
<laughs> yeah, Kenny became human in the second half of the season, and he looks human now. He's not. He has the same heart heart thing that John Roy has, and John Roy is like, I don't think he should be pitching. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe he's hoping to win a ring here. Maybe he calls it a, a career a little bit earlier than he wanted to. I know he signed, he signed that big contract uh, after the 2016 season, so I think he's only in like what two years, year two of a five year deal that's paying him pretty handsomely. I don't know. So I mean, then I don't, you don't want to mess with your health, though. Um, so then I look over. So then I look over at the Boston staff. I hate every single thing about it. I have no idea if Chris Sale is healthy. He was just in the, like the hospital, uh, making hilarious jokes about it with a belly button ring. But yeah, <laughs> uh, um, like their bullpen is garbage. Yeah, Kimbrel does not look good at all. He's he a looks, disaster. He's that guy sucks. He's he sucks done right now, man. The he, only pitcher he's a free they agent have, too, and he's not going to get that bank that he probably thought he was going to get. Oh man! Unless somebody saw something in his fucking like, I think he's tipping. I know some dumb team will overpay for him because he still has the name attached to him. I don't know if his velocity's down, but he just he he's like that's a guy. Place. That's the guy who could go to the Hall of Fame. He could. He I could. Yeah. They they just they just uh, people just come up with whatever dumb bullshit that they want for relief pitchers. Yeah. Fucking Mariana Rivera, suck my dick. <laughs> anyway, uh, the but. Who's coming? Like Eovaldi is their only good pitcher right now. You trust yeah, he that? Yeah, he looks good. He looks good. You trust that? But I still don't. No, he doesn't. I don't. You don't feel it in your in your heart that oh he. This isn't like 2015 Jake Arrieta where you're like oh I put him against anybody. I think he's 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 our shutdown guy. Yeah, there's not one pitcher on either side that you could say this guy's going seven blanks today. David not Price. Do you and trust neither David team Price? has David Price. I look. He pitched great his last time out. Kershaw looked really good his last time out. But they still both have – I still need to see two good starts in a row before I relieve them of their bad track records. You and I talked yeah. about that a little bit ago. Remember, we're like, what does it take for Kershaw? Remember, he had that really bad start, and we're like, I don't get it because he, he had a bad start earlier in this postseason. He had a good start earlier in this postseason. He got, he, fucked. he got fucked in one of the games, though. I one think. of the games – yeah, look, there was a couple pass balls, but he was still – he struck out one guy. He didn't have right. that put-away pitch. And obviously, yeah, the, uh, the catching from Grendel was terrible. But look, the guy was still giving up doubles all over the diamond. I can't. Right. It goes, it goes both ways. I know. You know, we, we can't say fuck the air and then bring up the air when it fucks someone we like. Right. right. I don't know. Right. Right. So I'm just trying to be fair. But I'm agreeing with you. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So on this, we're on the same side with that. I will go real quick and give my prediction. And then you could give yours and I'll throw in my MVP as well. Because uh, I want to wrap this up. And uh, we do have a lot of fun stuff to get at this coming off season. Because I like the idea of you being like, we could, we could do a whole podcast about relief pitchers. This is going to be kind of fun in a weird way. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining off-seasons in a long time. And listeners, me and Brad are going to work it out. I, I, look, we're not – we're going to have to take a few weeks off at some point to regroup. Um, and then we'll figure out a schedule for you that's going to be best for the listeners because we want to keep you intrigued with baseball. But we don't want you to get sick of either. You need a little bit of a break because, then, you know, a little distance makes the heart grow fonder. But we'll figure out a schedule. Brian and I will talk about what we want to do in the offseason. But I know we got a lot of fun podcasts, some evergreen stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I got Boston winning in five. I think it's going to be a high oh, scoring. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, sorry, bud. I think it's going to be a high scoring series, like you mentioned. And my World Series MVP is going to be J.D. Martinez. Motherfucker. Same thing? Okay, now I got to change it. It's like when somebody orders the exact same shit that you wanted at, re- at a restaurant. But 
I know, but I yeah, because you you do want something different. Because what if we both hate it? If I hate it, you could be like, at least I got this, and then maybe I could pick off your food if you don't finish. <laughs> I um, was gonna say Red Sox and five JD Martinez, but I stole your high scoring run thing. So if you only want to change one of those, you don't have to change both. Uh, is it too risky to say sweep? No. Why would it be? They won 108 games in the regular season. Yeah, because like the Brewers got cold. I don't see that. The Brewers bullpen got tired too. Look, yes. We're going to save that for another podcast too. Cause you and I, I don't want to go another 20 minutes on this. They're, they're part, part of me is a big fan of bullpenning. Part of me hates it. And, and, and the people who are in love with it. Look, I got to see it over the course of a full season. I'm a fan of it come playoff time. Come playoff time. Oh, your starter sucks in the third. Get rid of him. Do you count uh, Tampa winning 90 games as seeing it over a full season or no? I would have to look more into the numbers. Tampa kind of they, – they creeped out of nowhere with that 91 season. They also, had, they also had Blake Snell, who had like a pretty good fucking season. He's, he's Cy Young caliber. He's probably a top three Cy Young uh, guy. I think he's probably going to win. He might win it, yeah. There's, he's got it. I don't. I think me and you didn't pick him. but I did not pick him, but the way people talk about him because he won uh, win-wins. And yeah, ERA, and yeah, ERA. which we both we both think is overrated wins. Um, ERA, I don't think is is as overrated. But again, that's a whole other podcast. I definitely think it's overrated too. Um, but I, I think I had Snell in my top three. I don't know if I had him winning it. Let um, me throw you a curveball though, and say that the team that loses Game Seven and goes back to the World Series, I don't know if there's like a any sort of precedent other than the 2015 uh, Kansas City Royals. But the Dodgers tasted it and didn't get it. I don't know who from that Red Sox team still is looking for. Like the, that Red Sox team has underperformed consistently in the postseason. So they play the games for a fucking reason. So if you're a Dodgers fan and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, I would say that Dave Roberts has, has managed seven World Series games. You know, like. Yeah. So you want to say Dodgers are going to win it, or do you just want to say Boston in a higher amount of games? I'll go. I'll go. Boston sweeps it. <laughs> <laughs> you went the other way. That's beautiful. All right, who's your MVP? Are you going to stick with JD? Or are you going to throw uh, someone else out there? You know what? JD's been the hot hand lately, ex- or I guess Jackie Bradley Jr. But uh, I will say I'm going to play it safe and say Mookie Betts. That's cool. All right, Mookie Betts. I like that. You can't go wrong with the Mookie Betts there. You know what's Here's what? Here's because thing? because I want Mookie Betts. To be famous. That too. So that's a good reason to root for something. I like that. I'm on, and I'm on I mean, and I mean, not super cool listens to this podcast famous. Like, you listen to this podcast, you know who he is famous. I mean, I want your grandma to know who it is. Yes. Yes. Let's, let's get Mookie Betts is a fun player. He could be a great face for baseball going forward. And uh, yeah, so I'm on board with that. We we both we're both picking Boston. Um, I just I kind of want it to be a sweep too, but I went with five first, so I get to say five. Uh, I just want this offseason to start off right now because our team's out of it, of course. And most there are 28 other fan other fan bases who agree with us. Let's make this quick. Um, whoever wins, just do it quickly <laughs> because we want this crazy offseason to begin. Uh, a little fun thing: uh, Theo Epstein has drafted nine players on this Boston Red Sox team. Yeah. Well, then again, here's I don't want a quick series, just PS. I want it to be awesome. I want to well, look, high scoring sounds awesome, but um yeah, look, 
all right, maybe I, I want what's best for baseball too. I'll go uh, Boston. I'll, I'll change mine to Boston in seven. All right, Boston seven. It's locked in. I got him in five. JD Martinez is my MVP. Brado's got Mookie Betts. Uh, this has been comedians talking baseball for this. This is your World Series preview. Also, some fun baseball card talk in the beginning. Again, if you got any cool baseball card stories, uh, tweet us at tweet at us. You know what I mean? Or or you know, I'm at Joe Kilgallen. He's at Brido on Twitter. Uh, hit us up. You know what I'm saying? We're also on Instagram. I'll post a picture of the the boxes that I bought so you guys can see what uh, my little score that I picked up there. And um, other than that, you guys enjoy the World Series. We'll be back and and, and recap the World Series for you. We'll give um, our final thoughts on the 2018 season then, and then we'll get ready for what could be one of the craziest off seasons in terms of dollars spent in baseball history. And who knows? There's going to be a lot of weird stuff. Will the pitch clock be coming? Will the DH be coming to the NL? Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm getting hard thinking about it. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Comedians Talking Baseball.